We begin in the Gemara on Dafaim Vav Amid Beis. This is a continuation of the Pasik that was mentioned before regarding Daniel. This is actually Malach Gavriel speaking to Daniel. And he tells Daniel, don't be afraid. After you have fasted and you afflicted yourself, they wish to listen to you. And then he says, Vani Bosi Bidvarecha. I came in because of the words that I spoke about you. So it's these last words of the Pasik, Vani Bosi Bidvarecha, that the Gemara will now explain. My Vani Bosi Bidvarecha. What does this mean that he came in because of what he spoke about Daniel? Where was Malach Gavril? Why was he outside? How did he enter in? So the Gemara here is going to bring the whole story and it's going to quote many psukim in Yecheskel about what happened in that time period. So this is what it says in Yecheskel. There were 70 elders of Yidin, standing in front of them. And the Ktaires is coming up from them. Meaning, they were bringing Ktaires to Avedizara. And then is a pasuk where it says that there's a vision that he saw Yecheskel that Vayishlach Tab Nesiad, a form of a hand took me Vayikecheni B'Tzitzis Roshi and it uh, took me by the uh, my by hairs of my head Vatisaisi Ruach Bein Oretz Ben Hashemayim it took me up in the wind between heaven and earth Vatavoi Oisi Yerushalayma I came to Yerushalayim B'Maris Alekimol Pesach Shara Pnim Misapayne Tzafayna he came into Yerushalayim inside the gates going to the north and there was the place where he saw in his nevuah of, 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 of a that creates kina, jealousy between the Yidin and the Eibishter. That's so again, this is a mara, this is a nevuah of the Zorah that uh, Yecheskel saw there in Yerushalayim. Then the nevuah continues regarding the Zorah there in the times that Yidin sinned. He came inside the Chatzah the Beis Hamikdash. The opening to the Heichal between the Ulam and the Mizbeach, Ke'esrim v'chamisha ish, there were 25 men there. Achereyem al Heichal Hashem, their backs were towards the Heichal, Upneyem Kedma, and they were facing towards Mizrach. Heima Mishtachavim Kedma Lashemesh, and they were bowing down towards the east to the sun, serving Avedizara. So the Gemara explains this Pasik, Mimashma Shanema Upneyem Kedma, if it says that they were facing towards Mizrach, isn't it self-understood that their backs was towards the Heichal, which is in the might of side of the Azara? Why does the Pasuk add that as well? What this tells you is, they expose themselves, and they relieve themselves, facing their behinds towards the Eivishter. So now, after the Gemara brings all these psukim that shows how the Yidin sinned and served the Zod in such a terrible way, so the Ebesha tells Malach Machal, Machal, Sarcha Umasecha, Machal, your nation, Machal is the Malach of the Yidin, so your nation has sinned. So Machal says to the Ebesha, Isn't it enough that the good ones, the Tzadikim amongst them, should save the Yidin? I'm going to burn all of them, including the tzaddikim amongst them. Yad, immediately, tells Gavriel, which is always called the, the man that wears the white linen garments. And Vayaymei tells him, Come between the galgal under the kruv. 
Umalech afanecha gacha leyesh. Fill up your palms with coals of fire. Min benes lekruvim from between the kruvim. Uzroik alayir and throw it on the city of Yerushalayim. V'yovileinai and it should come. The smoke should come up to my eyes. Miyad immediately Gavriel went. Vayishlach akrov es yodoi and now the krov took out, stretched out his hand. Mibenis lekruvim from between the kruvim. Ela eish to the fire, ashabenis a kruvim, which is between the kruvim, vayisa vayitain el chofne levosh abadim. And the krov placed the coals of fire into the hands of Gavriel. Vayikach, and he took it, vayetse, and he went out. So as Gemara is still going to point out, it wasn't done exactly the way the Abishah told him to do it. The Abishah told Gavriel to go directly and take the fire from between the kruvim, but instead one kruv went, took the fire from between there, gave it into the hands of Gavriel. So now the Gemara says, If not for the fact that these coals would, would, would have, wouldn't have cooled off from that time when the Kruv himself went and took the fire there and gave it to Gavriel, There would be nothing left from the haters of Eden. In other words, there would be nothing left, no remnant from the Eden because of the heat of this fire of the Gecholim. So he didn't fulfill exactly what Abishur told him, but because of this, the Eden was saved. So the, the Gavriel came to return and to report to Abishur Lamer, Asisi Sivisani. I fulfilled what you have commanded me to, uh, to bring the fire on the city of Yerushalayim. Oh, Rabbi Yechenen, Rabbi Yechenen said, Boisishot, at that time. So here we come back to the Pasuk that it said before, how that we see that Gavriel was taken outside. At that time, Hoitziu le Gavriel, Ma'achoyre Parged. Gavriel was taken out, outside the curtain. Machiu shitten pulse de nure. And they gave him 60 lashes of fire. Why? What did he do wrong? Omrulein, they said to him as follows. Eloi of this, if you wouldn't have fulfilled what Abishta asked of you to do, to come and burn the city of Yerushalayim, loy of this, you wouldn't have done it and it would have been okay. As Rashi says, even if you wouldn't have done it, we would have found an excuse and an answer to push it off and the Abishta will maybe uh, have charata of punishing the Eden. So it would have been a better idea to delay this. E of this, and now that you did listen to the Abishta, my of this kid of so why didn't he do exactly the way you were commanded? To take the fire from between the Kruvim. Instead, he didn't. He waited for the Kruv to give the fire into the palms of his hands and that cooled off the fire. The Oid, another thing that he did wrong, the this, even if you did what you were told, which was a negative thing to punish the Eden, Lesloch, you don't hold of this that it says, Ein Meshivin Alaklala, you don't come back to report on a curse, on something negative that you fulfilled, you don't come back to report on this. So why did he come back to report? So that's when he was sent out from inside the curtains. So what happened, instead of him being there, I saw Sara the Parsoi. They brought in the Malach Duvil, which is the minister of, of the Persians. They placed him in the place of Michal. And he served there inside for 21 days. This is what it says in another Pasik. The minister of Pada stands across from me 21 days. Mukhal, one of their ministers from before, came to help me. I'm there together with Malchi Padas. 
So Yavule, they gave to this Malach Duvil, Esrim Vachad Malchi, 21 kingdoms, Uparvisa de Mashig, and also another area by the water for the Melucha of Paras, as Rashi says, a place where there are pearls over there. Omar, and he said, he, the Malach Duvil demanded, Kasivuli, write for me, Li Yisrael, about the Yidin, Ba'akarge, that they should have to pay me head tax. Kasvule, they wrote it for him. Then he also demanded, Ksivuli, write for me, Rabbanon Ba'akarge, that, that, that uh, the Talmud HaChachamim should pay head tax. Kasvule, they wrote him for that, that as well, they gave him that as well. So then they were coming to sign this document of what the Malach of the Persians requested to, to subdue the Eden with these taxes. Gavriel, which was on the other side of the curtain and heard what's going on, he stood up and Omar and he said, it says a Pasik, it's a Pasik in uh, Tilim, this is for no reason. Those that go to work and they get up early in the morning and they go to sleep late at night, they eat bread with such hard and sad work. So there's no reason to work so hard. Because the Abishta gives also the same to Yididoy Shaino. So the Gemara explains, My Ken Yitin this refers to the wives of the Talmud Chachamim that they are loose sleep at night waiting for their husbands to come home late from Shul in this world and therefore the Zeicha also So this is the Limutzchos that Gavriel from the other side of the curtain was saying so that they shouldn't sign on this document to subdue the Yidden and to, to demand head tax even from the Talmud Chachamim. They didn't listen to this limutzchos that Gabriel said. So he turned to the Eibushter to speak directly to the Eibushter, and he said, "If all of the wise ones amongst the Gaim are on one side of the scale, and Daniel would be on the other side of the scale, wouldn't we? Wouldn't he outweigh all of them?" So this was the limit schos that he brought Daniel into this. Amar Kadosh Baruch Hu, the Ebrishti hears this. He said, Who is being melamet schos on my children? Amru lefanav. They said to the Ebrishti, Rabbeinu Shalaylam Gavriel. This is Malach Gavriel. Amalehem Yovoi. Let him come in. Shenemar. And this is the pasuk we began with. Vani Bosi Bedvarecha. That now because Gavriel was Malamitzchus on Yidin, and he used Daniel for that Limitzchus, so he's telling Daniel that because I spoke about you, I was let back inside. Amalohu, Leol, come inside. So Ailu, they brought him inside. Also, and he came in, Ashkechelu Duvil. So he found this Malach Duvil, the minister of Poras. The Nokat Leile Igris, that he's holding this document, this letter in his hands, about the, uh, the taxes to place upon Yidin. So he wanted to throw it away from him. Bala. He uh, swallowed it. Yekidomri. Some say. This document was already written up. But it wasn't yet signed. Yekidomri. Others say. This document was already signed as well. Kidabala. When he uh, swallowed it. So it, he erased the signatures. So I know then, this is the reason that that in the kingdom of Paras, there are those Yidin that pay the head tax, and there are those that don't pay the head tax, because it was already signed, but he did erase it when he uh, swallowed it, so therefore some pay and some don't. 
Then it says, Vani Yaitse, that the Malach Gavriel that it says that I come out and Vihine Sayovum Bo. And I see that after the Golos of Paras, and now the Golos of Yovan is coming. And Ovi, Ovi, he screamed and he screamed, And no one looked at him about this, and that's when the uh, Golos Yovan came upon Yidin. This is the end, the conclusion of this uh, subject that we brought up, the Pasuk of Daniel, which was brought to prove that Rechitze is one of the Inuyim. So now the Gemara goes back to the subject, another source. I can tell you that Rechitze, the Ikri Inuyim Inolam. From where do I know that bathing, washing yourself is also one of the Inuyim Ayim Kippur? There's a different Pasuk. The Chsev, it says, Olev Yasser HaKoyen, Omar HaMelech. The King, Shleim HaMelech, told of Yasser HaKoyen, Anasais Lach Al Sadcha Anasais Anasais you should go back to your city Anasais Al Sadcha to your field Kiyish Mavisata you're a man of death but a Bayamazalaya Mizcha I'm not gonna kill you today Kinasasa Sarena Shem Lufni David Davi because you carried Aaron of the Abish there in front of David my father and you afflicted yourself with everything that my father was afflicted with and this is when David was running away from his son of Shalom so it says in this Pasuk that the Loshn of Inui his Anais, his Anna, his Anaisa that he afflicted himself and what does it say there by David what was his affliction when he was running away from his son of Shalom Kiamru Ha'am Rav the nation that was running away with David Amelech is, is hungry, Oyef and is tired, and Vitzame is thirsty. Bamidbar in the desert. So Rav, we know what that is, Melechem, from eating bread, Vitzama Mimayim, thirsty from water. So what does Oyef mean? Tired. Mimai. What is it tired from what? Lav Mirchitze. Doesn't it mean tired from not washing, from not bathing? So the Gemara says, no, it's not a raya. How do you know that the term of Inui here refers to not bathing? Maybe it means that they're tired because they're walking around without shoes. Hello, Rav Yitzchak. Rav Yitzchak says there's another source where we see that the term Oyev refers to not bathing. Cold water to bathe a, a, a tired soul. So we see that Oyev is when you don't have water to bathe in. So on this itself the Gemara asks, but maybe it refers to being tired because they're not drinking the cold water. So the Gemara says, now, Does it say that the cold water that enters into the person's body when he drinks it? It says, talking about cold waters on the body. In other words, bathing in the cold water. So this is from where we see that one of the Inuyim is not bathing. Like it says by Dovra Melech. From where do we know that now that wearing shoes is also one of the Inuyim? Because it says by David Amelech, this is also a passage that speaks about when David Amelech ran away from his son of Sholem. David was going on to the mountain of, Ze- of the Arazesim. He was crying. And he was Yachav. What does Yachav mean? Yachav, Mimai, Lav, Sandal. Doesn't it mean that he was barefoot? He wasn't wearing any shoes? And this is referring to when he ran away from Avshalom and we, we had before in the Pasik it said the Loshan of Inui. So the Gemara says, no, maybe Yachav means something else. Maybe Yachav means that he was barefoot in the sense that he didn't have his horse and his whip that he usually rode on and he was walking, but he was wearing shoes. There's another place where we see that the term Yachav means barefoot. Literally. 
because it says leichu fasachta asak me'al masnecho v'na'al cha tachleitz me'al raglecho. You'll take off the shoes from your feet. Oksiv, and it says there vayas kain. He did so haloich adam. He went undressed v'yachaf, and he went yachaf. Yachaf mimai lav minilios asandel. Doesn't mean that he took off his shoes like it said before that he would take off his shoes from his feet. So I see over here that Yachav means literally barefoot. Maybe Yachav means that he took off his regular shoes, but he was wearing torn shoes. And the Gemara proves this. If you're not going to interpret it this way, when it says that he was undressed, does it mean that he was literally naked? It means that he was wearing torn clothing. So Yachav also doesn't literally mean te- uh, barefoot, but it means with torn shoes. So what's our source that the Inui is not to wear shoes at all? There's another passage where I see that this is the meaning of Yachav. It says, Hold back your, shoe, your feet of going barefoot and your throat of being thirsty. This is referring to the Eden, as the Gemara says now, Hold yourself back from sinning. So your feet should not be going barefoot. This refers to Yidin, that go into Golos barefoot. Hold back your mouth of speaking. So that your feet should not, sorry, that is, your throat should not be thirsty. And when you didn't go into Golos, they went completely barefoot, not with torn shoes. And therefore, this is the source that the term Yachaf means completely barefoot. And it said before, but David the Melech ran away, that if he them, that it's uh, referring to this Inui, this barefoot as well is considered an Inui. The next thing it said in the Mishnah, what's a, one, of, uh, one of the Inuyim on Yom Kippur, Tashmish, Amitta, the Ikrim, Inui, Minolon. From where do I know the marital relations is also an Inui? Because the Pasik says, by Lavon, when he ran after Yaakov, so he said to him, If you're going to put, bring pain to my daughters, and you're going to marry other wives, so we see over here that he uses the term, What does that mean? If you're going to bring affliction to them by holding them back from their, from their marital relations, what does it mean if you're going to marry other women? From having other wives that you're going to marry. This is what Lavan was telling Yaakov. So we see that Tashmashamita, holding back from Tashmashamita, is one of the Inuyim. But the Gemara asks in this, Maybe you have to read the whole Pasik together. Maybe both parts of the Pasik are speaking about not marrying other wives. In other words, you read it as, that you will bring affliction to my daughters. How? If you're going to marry other wives, so you read it together. So the Gemara says, no, you can't say it's one, one thing together. Does it say as a separate thing? Sorry, again, let's do that again. As a continuation that how? No, it says with a vav, adding another point. Which is a second point. So the first part of the Pasuk is talking about Tashmash Amita. But the Gemara has another question. But I could still say, Both parts of the Pasuk, he's speaking about not making other wives a competition to his wives, to his, which is Lovin's daughters. And what's the two parts of the Pasuk? One is referring to the wives that he's married to, meaning Yaakov was married to Leah 
and to Rachel. And then he had the, uh, the, uh, the Shifchais, which were Bil and Zilpa. So what he's telling them is, don't elevate Bil and Zilpa to a higher status, that so they should become a tzara, competition to Leah and Rachel. That's one thing that he was telling him. And then the Chad, Letzara is the Asyelem Alma. Another thing that he's saying is, don't marry other wives, additional wives that you'll bring from elsewhere. So it's two points, but both of them are talking about not making tzaras to the wives that he has, but not referring to Tashma Shemitah. So the Gemara says, and the Gemara actually adds to this, Dum Yedim Tikach. According to this, both parts of the Pasuk will be similar. So the Gemara answers, no. Miksiv, does it say in the Pasuk, is the order in the Pasuk, Im Tikach V'im Ta'ana? First Im Tikach and then Im Ta'ana? Im Ta'ana V'im Tikach Ksiv. The order is Im Ta'ana and then Im Tikach. So Rashi explains as follows. If you're warning someone not to do something, so first you warn something about something that's worse. Don't do something which is terrible, and then you warn him about something which is lighter. And so over here, if Lavan would be warning Yaakov, the first thing you should be warning him is about, don't marry other wives that you're not married to yet. And then he would add, not only that, even the wives that you have now, the ones that are shivches, don't elevate their status. So if we would say first, im tikach, tikach would be referring to take new wives, to marry other wives, that's the harsher thing. If we would say that first, and then im ta'ane, then we could say the pshat that we said. But it doesn't say that. It says him ta'ane first, and then him tikach. So you can't say that he's first warning about a lighter thing, and then adding and warning even about a harsher thing, about not marrying other wives that he's not married to yet. So Rapopah asks Abai a different question about this. But hotash mishgufe ikri inoi, marital relations itself is referred to as an inoi, not holding back from it. It says by Chamoy, when he took Dina, that he lay with her and he brought pain to her. So he answers him, Over there, the, the pain was that once her desire was, was uh, turned on, and then he held back from her, the marital relations to continue, and that's the, that's the Inui. It's one shot. Another shot that Rashi brings is that um, the Inui was from a Biyashalei Darka. Other Rishayim say this as well. Now the Gemara brings other halachas to the Inuyim on Yom Kippur. So regarding not bathing, we learned Nabraise, Osel, Lirchoitz, Miktsas, Gufay, Kachol, Gufay. You're not allowed to even wash part of your body like you're not allowed to bathe your entire body. Now, if a person is dirty, is filthy, so then you're not washing for pleasure. You can wash as you usually do. You don't have to be concerned. In other words, the Isra of Inui, of not bathing, is for the purpose of pleasure, not to wash off dirt. If he was sick, your heart scabs on his head. He could also anoint himself as usual. And he doesn't have to be concerned. We learned by Menashe, A woman is allowed to wash one of her hands in water when he sent it in the morning, that is, when he sent his past Latinic and she could serve bread to the children. She doesn't have to be concerned. So as we'll see, she's washing her hands to get off the Ruach Ra that's on her hand. He didn't want to do this. He was machmer. He didn't want to even wash even one hand to serve his children. The They decreed upon him to show that it's allowed and that he must do so. That he should wash both of his hands to serve them. My time. Why are we washing the hands in the morning? Because of the shed by the name of shivse. This is a ruach ra that's on the hand. That's why we wash our hands. 
We learned in the Braise. Someone that's going to greet his father or his teacher to learn Torah. Someone that's greater than him. He could walk even on Yom Kippur, even if he's going in water up to his throat. And he doesn't have to be concerned. But now the question was asked, how about Harav Eitzel Talmud? If it's a teacher that's walking towards a student, so it's not uh, the same kind of a mitzvah as a Talmud going to his teacher. Is he allowed to walk in the water? Ayim Kippur. Toshema, the Gemara brings that ayah, Dom Rav Yitzchok Barchone, Anoch Azisei Lezi'iri, I saw Zi'iri on Yom Kippur, the Ozel Legabi Ravchia Barashi Talmidei, that he went in water to Ravchia Barashi, a student. But Ravashi Omar, Ravashi says, no, there's no raya because he reported the incident differently. Hahu Barashi Ave, It was actually Ravchia Barashi that was going in the water to Ziidi, his teacher. Now Rave Yamina. Rava allowed the people from the city, Ava Yamina, to go in Yom Kippur in water, even just to go and guard their fruits. That's a raya for what you allowed. Says the ones that are going to guard the fruits, they are allowed to go across the water up to the throat. They don't have to be concerned. Rav Yosef allowed the people from Bnei Tarvu to pass through the water on Yom Kippur. To come to the drosha to hear the learning of Teira, but lemezel leishorilu to return, go back home to go through the water that he didn't allow. Leabaye, sabaye said to him, "In Cain, at the machshilon, lost If so, you're going to cause them to stumble the next time in the future. They're not going to want to come through the water if they're going to know that it's not allowed to go back." Ikedomri, others say that the story wasn't the reverse. Shorilu lemezev, shorilu lemezel. That he, Rav Yosef, allowed them to come and he also allowed them to return in the water. So Abaye said to Rav Yosef, to come to hear the drosha to learn Tayrets and mitzvah. That's for sure allowed. Lemezel, that is. But to return in the water, my time, why are you allowing them? So he answered them, not to stumble them in the future that they won't come. Rav Yudav Rav Rav Yudav they were standing at the edge of the river. Across of this place, Chatzdat. So Rami Bar Papa was on the other side. He screamed to them, Am I allowed to cross over to you? To ask you a question in learning. So he's allowed to go through the water. Rav and Shmuel both said, Oiver, you're allowed to pass through, but But when you're wearing this cloak on your body, this is sort of like a talus that we wear today, so then don't pick up, don't take your hands out from under the talus, because then the talus all picks up on your shoulders, and then it would be like carrying it. You're not wearing it properly, you're not wrapping around with it properly, so then it'll be like carrying it. Iked Amri, others reported that the, the answer was given from Rav Shmuel Bar Rav Yehuda. Omale Rav Shmuel Bar Rav Yehuda. Rav Shmuel Bar Rav Yehuda is the one that answered. And he said, Tanine, that it was learned in Abraise. Oever, you can pass through. Don't take out your hands and pick up the talus. 
asks a question about what we were speaking about. Are you allowed to go through the water? And Yom Kippur, and it was mentioned before, to go through the water, even if the water comes up to your neck. So he asked the question, During the week, is a person allowed to put himself in danger and go through such waters? And there's a Pasuk that says, and this is a Nevoe regarding the waters that's going to come out of the Beis HaMikdosh, this is also a Sugi and Shabbos. So it says there, that he measured the distance of a thousand Amas in that water that was passing through, and over there in that area he passed through the water, water that comes up until the uh, ankles. So from here we see, you're allowed to pass through the water that comes up to your ankles. When you continue further down that water, and you measured another thousand Amas, and they went through the water, the water was up until the knees, and they went through it. So from here I see you can walk through with the waters until the knees. He measured another thousand Amas, and he went through the waters up until the hips. And he went, you're allowed to walk through the waters up until the hips. But Mikan ve'elech, further than this, he measured another thousand amas, and the river was so high, the water was too high, and you can't pass through. So how are we speaking before about going to your teacher, to your father, and walking in the water that reaches up to your neck? And Abaye, so Abaye says, Shani nachal This stream that comes out of the Beis Hamikdash is different because the water is a raging river and rushing out, and that's dangerous. There, you're not allowed to go. Now the Gemara brings details about this water that comes out of the Beis Hamikdash. Yachol yavireni You would think that you could go through swimming. Talmud Loima, the pasuk there says, Ki go amayim mei sochu. The water is very powerful. Mei sochu, my mei sochu. Shiyute refers to swimming. A person that swims is called Sayacha. You can't even swim through it. You would think that you can pass through this water with a small boat. You can't even go through with a little uh, boat. I would think you can go through with a large boat. Even a large boat can't pass through. My mashma. How does the word Anishayat mean a small boat? You can't pass through with a small boat of uh, people that are uh, catching fish. And also with a large boat, you can't co- cross through this raging river that comes out of the base of Mikdosh. Even the Malachamavas can't pass through it either. How do we know? It refers to the Malachamavas, it uses the term Moshoit. So we see that over here, referring to the Malachamavas that can't pass through this waters. This water, Lost Love, that comes out of the Kotche Kadoshim, in the beginning, it's a tiny drop of water that's as thin as the horns of a grasshopper. And then, when the waters come further out to the opening of the Heichel, it becomes a little bit thicker, like the thread of the Deshesi direction. Then, it comes further to the opening of the Ulam, it becomes like the Chut of the Eidev, which is a little bit wider thread. When this water comes to the opening of the Azare, it's like the opening of a small little flask. 
This is what we learned in the Mishnah. Mayan refers to this water like the opening of a pach, of a jug, or a flask, is going to come out of the threshold of the Beis HaMikdash. And then, from there, outside the Azar, continuing further, the water would go higher and higher, as we learned before, it goes higher until it comes to the neck of the person, and even higher, until it came to the house of David. It becomes a flowing river, and over there, the Zoven, and the Zoves, and the Nidis, and the Yildis, that's where they went to the Mikveh. This was used, which is the water used for the paraduma or lenida, and for the nida to table there. Amar Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef learned the halacha from this. Mikan remes. From here, there's a hint lenida for a nida regarding the depth of the mikveh that a nida uses. The depth of the mikveh has to be that if she sits in it. Or some say that it uh, doesn't refer only to sitting, but it refers to standing. The water should come up to the neck. So we're not referring to the actual tefillah, that of course has to be completely immersed in the water, but it's referring to the depth of the water. So just like we saw before that this was deep water as it came up to the neck, so and this is where the nida tabled, so we know that the water has to be up to the neck, that the depth of the water. But the Gemara concludes, the less hilchase kevase. We don't paskin like Rav Yosef.